What's up, you guys? It's Justine, and I am so excited for this week's episode. My interview with Bobby Blansky was so fun. It's a really good episode. You guys are going to love it. But first, I want to give a huge shout out to this week's sponsor, Dipsy. Now, for those of you who don't know, you need to fucking get on board, okay? Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. You guys, take pleasure into your own ears with Dipsy. And right now, for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glitter. That is 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glitter. Dipsystories.com slash glitter. You guys, this is a month free. This is better than a deal, free. What is better than a deal? Free. That's what this is. Go get 30 days of your sexy on with Dipsy. And now, Bobby Blansky. What are your favorite shows on television? My favorite shows on television? I like these reality shows. Glitter can be vacuumed and that fart smell can be fixed with air fresheners. Trashy, trashy, trashy! Okay, when I called you garbage, I meant that you were garbage. Garbage, garbage. You guys, welcome to another episode of Glitter and Garbage. I'm Justine Marino and I am so excited for today's guest. He is someone who I have not seen in probably, I don't know, 17 years. Probably. Uh, until this week when he was a major part of one of the top 10, I think it was number one this week on Netflix, the Abercrombie documentary, White Hot, former Abercrombie model, current real estate agent, Bobby Blansky, you guys. <laughs> Boo, pew, pew. Boo, pew, pew. Boo, boo, boo. Hey, what's uh, up? Hey, how are you? I am good. Thank you for having me. It's been a, quite an exciting, crazy week. I know. It was so crazy. Now, I was a little stoned when I was watching the documentary, and then all of a sudden, you, your face was on the screen, and I was just like, what? I, I literally screamed because I was like, A, haven't seen you in... 17 years yeah like I think we were friends when I was like 20 years old when I was fresh like fresh when we thought life. we were adults but we were totally still children we were absolute children and you were you you were part of a very special time in my life because I had just moved to LA and you guys were my first like friend group in Los Angeles this kind of group that lived in Archstone Studios, Studio City. Now it's called Avalon. But I've talked a lot on this podcast because it's a pop culture podcast about how I used to be friends with Jason Alexander. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So many, so many stories there. I know so many stories. And it was such a random group. Like I remember using Jana Kramer's ID to get into a bar one night because I was, I wasn't even 21 yet. It was so crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah, so many stories. I wish I could remember half of them, but yeah. I know, I know. It was so long ago, and it was such a weird apartment complex. Like, the most random people lived there. Britney Spears' dad lived there. Yeah. Uh, Amorosa's mother. Husband. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so many people. It was such a crazy environment, and then, like, as soon as the sun went down, like, the whole place went crazy, and everybody's just having fun and partying, and I'm wouldn't even want to know the SDU race there. Like that was a pretty promiscuous place. I know it definitely was. Um, it was so fun though. And you shortly after that, you moved to New York, right? I did. Yeah. I think it was around two, it was 2007 actually. Exactly. 
nice. And you've been there ever since. And you were a model when I knew you. And it was like, I was an Abercrombie like queen. I worked at the store. I worked in men's one, not to brag. Um, but I was obsessed with Abercrombie. So I for sure had like bags with your face all over it all through high school. And then to like meet you, I was just losing my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, it was such a such an interesting time in my life. It just happened so fast, actually. I just like, in, in fact, I didn't even believe any of, any of it was gonna happen. Um, I kind of just went into it blind um, and I try not to overthink it, kind of like I'm doing right now. Um, but, <laughs> You're doing great. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, such a crazy time. It just happened so fast and it actually happened. Uh, I actually went to go work at the store too. So I worked at the store for uh -huh. one day. So I was there for one day. Oh my and, God. Uh, I was actually on hold for the Abercrombie job at the time, but I was also so broke. Um, so I, I was just like, I was like, wow, what a perfect opportunity. They're totally going to hire me. And so I went there and the first thing they said is, can you go out front and take your shirt off? And I, <laughs> and I was like, no. And they're like, well, you have to. And they're like, well, uh, I was like, well, I'm not doing it. And they're like, well, it's it's the job. And I already knew I was on hold for the campaign. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, where, like right there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, just go out right there. I was like, okay, okay, cool. And I went out and just kept walking out the door and I just never came back. And then <laughs> like four days later, I was like in Florida shooting the campaign. And I was like, oh, it's just such a, it all happens so fast. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's so funny that you say you left and never came back. Cause I worked there for a summer after my senior year, I was 18. And I literally just was over it one day and just went on a break and never came back. And yeah. what's crazy is like no one cared or called to see I where know, I right? had gone. You're like, you're, same here. You're like, oh my God, like I hope, hope I don't get in trouble. You're trying to be like a, a responsible adult. And all of a sudden, like no one called you and no one, like you're not in trouble and yeah. your mom's not calling you. Like you're like, what the hell? So you're just basically just a, a number, you know? I know you, they just so did not give a shit there at all, which is very clear in the documentary, uh, yeah. which I want to get to. Mm -hmm. um, but for like, so the documentary is called White Hot. Mm -hmm. It's all about some, you know, problematic things that were happening within the company at the time, which did not surprise me at all. Um, because I don't know if you ever, I worked there long enough that I was friends with the manager and he let me see his checklist that he had. Did you ever see one of the checklists? I didn't know it just happened so fast, but wow. Okay. So this is not an exaggeration. The number one item on the checklist was, is there an extremely good looking greeter at men's one? Like that's all they cared about. That was number one is that they're extremely wow. good looking verbatim. And then like number two was like spray Abercrombie fierce once an hour. And like, that was the checklist. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Now, you in the documentary, obviously, I don't want to give too much away about it because I want people to watch it. I know a lot of people have been watching it and enjoying it. And I know the people who listen to this, they're right in the Target demo that they'll really enjoy it. Um, did they approach you about it? Because you are the armpit guy, as you call yourself in the documentary. Um, yeah, they, they actually... They said they went searching through magazines, searching online, searching through so many uh, venues trying to find, because it wasn't like names to the person or whatever. Uh, they couldn't really find it, but they eventually narrowed it down. And I just got like a voicemail one day and I didn't even ask too many questions, but I, I got a voicemail one day and they asked me and I just thought about it for like a day. And I'm like, hell no, like I want to be kind of like move past that time of my life. But then I was like, right. wait a minute, this might be a great opportunity for me to speak out about this. 
and also help others. And one of my main things is like, I'm a six foot two, three big male. And like, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how like, you know, like, again, we don't want to say too much, but how what women go through, this is like a daily, right hourly experience that women go through. And I just like, I think that someone like me talking about it or whatever, like I can't imagine these other people, what they go through. So I'm just happy to say my piece and hopefully it helps other people feel comfortable and open some eyes. Yeah, I think what you did was so important and so brave and so awesome. And I think it will do a lot of what you're hoping it will do. Um, but yeah, it's such a crazy, crazy story. Like people just getting fired for not being hot enough. Like it's so vapid. And at the same time, there is like a little ego in me that's like, I was hot enough to work there. Great ah. for me. You know, there is oh, a yeah. little part of me. But at the end of the day, like there was a part where, you know, um, a group of people of color sued the company, obviously, be for because they thought that they were being racist. And Abercrombie's defense was, no, you guys just weren't hot enough. Like as if that's better, which is insane. I could not believe that they said that. Like I mm -hmm. can't like I, I was part of this and my mind was blown multiple times hearing these things. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to ask, how much did you know? Like, did you obviously as obviously as a model, especially back in that day, like late 90s, early 2000s, it was this very like conventional beauty that we look towards. Like the women were very, very thin, you know, it was wafy. Everyone was, just had to have like perfect bone structure. And it was this specific look. Did you feel like anything was out of the norm or they were being shady or anything like what was it like being on set like also did you ever ride a horse naked because they had those do you remember there was that one oh yeah absolutely um yeah. i actually was on the first shoot that there wasn't allowed uh nudity was not allowed and mm. i was so i was super pumped i had no idea like i had to put my wiener away no i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> But, but no, I was I was so happy about that because um, I just like there's like 150 models there too, and, and everyone is like brand new in this adult life. Right. So um, I'm super excited to hear that. But the reason there was no nudity is because Bruce Weber was being sued because of uh, major inappropriate behavior over and over oh. and over again, and they finally had to put a stop to it. So they were trying to get shots that looked like nudity without being nudity. Wow. But there would be people on the shoot that could not take that direction and they just kept taking their clothes off. <laughs> and I just like found it so funny because, you know, it's just part of the Abercrombie kind of Bruce Weber thing is like, you just like climb a tree and you're like, oh, man, hey, I'm over here, bro. I'm like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm naked or like, oh, I'm picking up this girl. And like people are like falling everywhere. People are like, <laughs> but like people couldn't keep their clothes on. But uh, yeah, so it was uh, such a, um, um, I was so happy to be on the first one that wasn't nudity. So I yeah. didn't ride a horse naked, but I, I swam with dolphins pretty much naked. Um, tons of animals and, and uh, dirt bikes, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, those were such, I mean, problematic, but at the time, iconic like shots, the, the black and white on the bags. And yeah. it, I just, that was such an important time for my, I was like, Abercrombie uniform it worked on me I was the perfect kind of prototype because I was like oh I only wear Abercrombie I'm cool you know it, it yeah. totally the mind fuck worked on me for sure the mind uh, fuck now, is a perfect way to put it 
Yeah, totally. I mean, now I've moved on to skims, so uh, not not much better. But <laughs> um, now you moved to New York. Do you still model or? Yeah, actually, I do. So I um I got into real estate five and a half years ago. Um, mm. I really enjoy it. Um, it's actually not that much different, to be honest. I mean, obviously, I'm not doing photo shoots and stuff, but same kind of thing where you meet people you've never met. And you're like nervous. Yeah. whatever and then all of a sudden you're done with the date it was a lot of fun and you had a great day and you're like why was I nervous and it's the same kind of thing where you're just constantly meeting new people and you have to kind of sell yourself and be presentable um so it was an easy transition but me trying to transition out didn't necessarily work because the f more I fought it I would just get more calls and stuff so I just eventually gave back in um because I actually do enjoy it I, I I love being in front of the camera I love being in front yeah. of people I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm not like the super high fashion guy either. So my shoots are fun. They're, they're chill. Yeah. They're, I'm like the, the cool uncle dad, <laughs> like, Hey, throw the football around or, you know, like play with animals and do stuff. You know, I'm not yeah. usually not like pretend like you're on heroin and like, yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it works, it works well. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm blessed. And in real estate, most of my clients are from my photo shoots. So it all kind of works out. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. so cool. Um, yeah, I remember back in the day, like, I think you had, because, God, I think it was MySpace. That's how long ago it was. But yes. I feel like, I feel like you had done, like, Nautica, it, literally, like, every one of the brands that everyone at my high school wore, you had done. Yeah, I did all of those ones where, like, the, the white, blue-eyed, blonde guy. I did all of those. Yeah, you were, you were, you were the white, blue-eyed, blonde guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, And you were great at it. Thank you very now, much. do you have any tips for aspiring models? Um, I personally, I love photo shoots. Everyone knows I don't get paid to model, but I think of myself as an amateur model. What um, what tips would you give? Like, what are you thinking about during some of those shots? Like the armpit shot, for example, what inspired that? Um, a lot of times it happens organically. I would say the best advice I give people um, is just to like not overthink things, just try to be in the moment. And because it's never how you um, think it's going to be. So uh, always just kind of go with the flow and be present because if you're not listening and you're not present, you're kind of in your head and it comes off on photos and stuff. So I would just like never overthink it and just kind of uh, just kind of pop right in there and, and, and do it. Um, because okay. yeah, like I said, it never goes the way you think. So just kind of go with the flow, I guess would be my, my, um, best advice well that brings me to my next uh point which is you did improv which that sounds like good advice for improv too you did groundlings was this before or at was this when you moved to LA or yeah it was like right away when I moved to LA um I got into groundlings and that was probably the best groundlings improv school in LA and that's where like Will Ferrell went and many mm -hmm. other people um it was probably the best decision I ever made as uh as a human to be honest yeah because it, I mean, once you kind of break that ground, like, what are you afraid of, you know? And right. in fact, you'll always be afraid. You'll always be scared, but you kind of have fun with that, you know? Like, I'm sure yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yep. like when I, I've seen your stand up and stuff. So like, it's like frightening, but like, yeah. if you don't, if you don't overthink it, like I was saying before, and you just kind of jump into it, you're like, I don't know what happened. I kind of blacked out and, and next thing you know, it's over and it went well, you know? So just kind of, yeah. So just kind of go with the flow is my main topic here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so... I mean, Groundlings, I feel like 
right after I started hanging out with you guys, like that January, I started Groundlings and I just fell in love, obviously, to the point where I'm still in comedy today. But it really is good life advice. Just go with the flow. You have no control. It's not going to go the way you think it will. And that's okay. Yeah. And like, listen to, you know, I don't want to be a hippie or anything, but like, listen to the universe and just like, just be present and Mm -hmm. it will be okay, you know, and, um, and you can't control it. And if it's not okay, you can't control that. So just, you know, it's especially in modeling, this has to do with your looks and like, you cannot control that. Even you might be the best looking person in the world, but if they casted you wrong, like vibes are going to be weird, but that is not your fault, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's not your fault. You know, what's up, you guys? It's Justine again here to once more shout out our amazing sponsor, Dipsy, which again, I am so excited. This is a woman owned business, woman founded business, sexy stories for women by women. Now, I didn't really know what that meant. So on my way to my show in Long Beach tonight, I decided I would listen to some Dipsy stories. I downloaded the app and I put in glitter for my extended 30-day free trial because you know I love a deal. They have all these choices. You can do him and her, her and her, non-binary, him and him, any of those, whatever your fancy is, they've got you covered. Some of the keywords that I chose to customize my ideal experience for this ride to Long Beach were... Dirty Talk, Fantasy, Rough and Wild, Sensual, and British Accent. There are also three levels of sexiness. There's chill, and then there's a medium level. I went for the, like, super horn dog level because, again, this is a long drive. I was at a crosswalk, and um, they started talking about safe words in this particular story, and I, um, I had to roll up the windows because, like the great Ludacris said... Backseat, windows up, that's the way we like to listen to Dipsy. I pulled in and I slid out of the car and I went in and I had a really fun set. I cannot sing the praises of this app enough. I mean, it really made my ride to Long Beach very fun. I'm eager to see what I can do when I'm listening to it in the comfort of my own home. And I think you guys should be eager for that too because right now, for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glitter. That is 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glitter. And now back to the interview with Bobby Blansky. This is so, honestly, this is such a trip just because so few people, like, I think only my mom, I could tell, I was like, do you remember Bobby? Cause my parents kind of would come back and forth from LA oh, when yeah. I first came out here. Like we had a birthday party for Jason Alexander and my mom. Cause they had the same birthday. I remember this. Yeah. That's where this picture that I oh, found of gosh, you yes. came from. This is, I, I can, I'll take a picture and send this to you. But I mean, we, I, I like have all these photos of us at the club, like pictures that we had to develop at Rite Aid. Like that's how long ago this was. I know it's so funny. I just remember so many wild nights and remember we were friends with, I remember one of our friends was a promoter, that guy, Brian. Yeah. Now he's Jones Crow. Check him out. Really? Yeah. So check him out. He's Jones Crow. He's a really uh, successful photographer now. So check him out. Oh, that's amazing. I know. I, it's so funny because there have been times where I've been like, what happened to all these people that I was friends with when I first moved here? 
because it was a short little blip of a time. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was very fun. Like Britain, I think, is back in Louisiana. And then um, the guy you lived with, what was his name? Uh, Andrew. And then I was was good friends with um, Stephanie and Lauren Zellman. I dated Lauren Zellman, who was, they all lived with Ashley Simpson and they were on the Ashley Simpson reality show. (laughs) (laughs) And I was living below them and I was dating one of their friends and I would climb over the balcony and then like sometimes the show would be going on and I'd be like, ah! Oh my God. I totally forgot that that show was shot there. You guys, okay. I've talked about this apartment complex and these memories a lot. This was where they shot the Ashley Simpson show, which is, I mean, Ryan Cabrera was on that at one point. It was a very important cultural moment, in my it was, opinion. It was insane. At one point, I moved to a different apartment there and I got a knock on my door and I opened the door and I was like, I recognize you. And it was a freaking porn star that I knew from being a 20 year old kid. You know? That's so funny. No, <laughs> I remember in the um, in the workout James room. was there, yeah. And I was just oh like, my- and other porn I mean, it was just like, it was like a playland for young adults. It really was. There were so many porn stars. There was one guy who would train people in the gym and we found out later that he was totally a porn star. And it was just funny because we would talk to him in the gym and then Jamie Spears would be on the fucking treadmill. It was such a crazy time. Then there was this kid who was on Desperate Housewives. It was just it was a wild place for sure. Wild, yeah. I definitely I stayed there a long time too. I lived there for like six or seven years and I bopped around from different apartments and stuff, but it was a good time for sure. Well, I miss it, but um, I'm too old for that now. I know, me too. I'm way too old for that. I feel like I was too old for that at the time. I didn't even really drink back then. I remember I like had partied a lot in high school. So by the time I got out here, I was like kind of like over it all. Plus I was on ADD medicine. So I was like, oh, I'm basically on cocaine, you guys. I don't need anything. You're just whacked out on speed. I know, but I remember I would always like drive. Like I remember, I think one night we were all, you know, out. I think it was the first night I hung out with you guys and I was sober and then you and I think another girl, like we were all like, should we leave? And you were like, should I drive? And you were so shit faced. And I was like, I think I should. And so I just drove this random girl's Jetta home. <laughs> so random. Oh, right. Thank God. I know. So fun. In my life. I did. I, you're welcome. I, um, now what is life? What would you say life is like for you now with like real estate, New York modeling, what does it look like today? Um, today, it's uh, I'm kind of like the everything man, I would say. I'm, I need to kind of hone in more on one thing um, because I am spread very, very far. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm shooting all the time I, and I'm doing uh, tons of real estate. I'm on a very successful team at Corcoran. Uh, it's the Flint team on the Upper West Side in the city. I mm-hmm. live in Brooklyn. Um, and then also too, I, I've, uh, for my clients, I do a lot of multifamily homes and like, condos and stuff and because i have like handy skills and stuff sometimes i do the renovations like for my clients or like help out and work and so yeah yesterday i was doing that i'm like still getting paints off me so i'm um i'm just like the, i just do so many things right now so i need to like, try to hone in on maybe just the real estate and the uh the modeling but um yeah yeah well that's so cool um i god this was this is just like i love that you responded to my dm i was like he's probably getting flooded that's my have you been flooded in your dms with people oh uh, yeah it's been insane actually it's been absolutely insane apparently um 
people want me to go on OnlyFans account. <laughs> so, I mean, so many that things. <laughs> does not surprise me at all. But the reason I saw your message actually is because uh, so many of them are dudes, which is fine, but like I'm a straight guy. Yeah. So I just went into my DMs just to like look and I was just scrolling and like, dude, 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 dude. And it's just like so many dudes. Like, yeah. Like asking me questions, and I'm like, I don't even know what to say, but I'm just like, is there a girl in here? Like, just <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands. And I'm just going, brr, brr, brr. I'm scrolling through, and I was like, girl, that's a female. And I was just yep. like, look. And I saw your little message, and I was like, Justine the Machine. I'm like, oh my God. It all came flooding <laughs> back. And so I clicked on it, and I was just like, it all just took a second. And actually, I was texting with uh, Stephanie Pearson at the same time. She's still out in LA. Yeah. And I was just like, you remember Justine? Justine the Machine. She was like, yes. And I like told her about you. And I was like, she asked me to be on her podcast. And she was like, I was like, I'm going to do this. And oh, my like, God. That's so cool. I know. I was like, I, he probably won't even remember me. Because again, this was like, I feel like we hung out for like, it was a six, it was like a six month period, you know? And then yeah. like, I got really into Groundlings. And then you, you like, move, everyone moved kind of. And yeah, uh, and I was bouncing around. I was too. I was traveling too. So yeah, totally. I know. I... I have to confess, I had the biggest crush on you back in the day. Like, was so, I was like such a schoolgirl about it. It was so dorky. I'm sure you had to know because I had like. I definitely knew, but you were so innocent, and I was such a wild, wild man at the time. So like. I know just, I was so sweet, and it, I mean, I wasn't in high school, but by the time I came out here, I had really like mellowed out and was pretty sweet and like, just this girl from Colorado, you know. <laughs> And, you know, like you had your shit together and I was just busy just being a wild one at that time. So. <laughs> you definitely were. Yeah, definitely. You have such a good name. It feels like a 1940s, like Bobby Blansky, you know? It's so funny. I remember when I got into acting, I had my first agent and stuff. And I was like, that was like the first question I had. I was like, all right, so uh, so what's my name going to be? And they're, like, <laughs> what? and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what's it going to be? I'm thinking like Jock Johnson or something. And Jock like, Johnson. <laughs> and they're like no you have a great name Bobby Blansky I'm like no I don't and they're like yes you do and I'm like this is my name I never knew you know and I was like damn oh, yeah. it I was like it's, this is half the reason I was here I wanted a new name I wanted a stage name Jock Johnson well no. you know we're happy to call you Jock Johnson on this there you podcast. go yeah well I'm glad they said no no I was uh, I did a few things but um I did 30 Rock I had a pretty decent part on that that was a great time and then Reno 911 they chased me around in my underwear on that and I was getting <laughs> shot by people and then I was joining with the police getting shot by people and then they tried to have an orgy with me. It was just like a <laughs> it's, just, it's never it's never a dull moment with Bobby, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean you were always really fun. That's what I think I thought was so cool about you is that you like obviously you're very attractive, but you're like such a goofball at heart. You were super funny and silly, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I got I got biggest flirt in high school, which is I think they they meant class clown, except for the clown I'm doing towards women usually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. That's yeah, so does. funny. That's good. That's a good one. Before we wrap up, let's go back into just a little bit about you know you kind of ha seem to have had a sixth sense not to you know you got a certain phone call you were like I'm not gonna go do that. Did, was that your first time ever experiencing something like that? Um, actually, no. To be honest, it was happening all the time and often. Um, and that is why I find this very important that people do understand. Again, I'm, I'm a very large man. I can handle my own. But like even even other men, too, I like, can't imagine 
um, them going through it. People warned me constantly. I was constantly getting warned and like, you know, if anybody tries anything, do this, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I was on the, a test shoot in the very beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, just like you hear the stories about getting take advantage of, of and stuff. And I remember um, this photographer, I'll keep his name off for now, but this photographer was just starting to get loose and he was like feeding me wine and stuff. But, um, you know, me, I was a party animal, so I wasn't yeah, getting you, drunk. Yeah, you were loving it. <laughs> like, he was getting drunk, but I wasn't even getting drunk. And then he started to kind of flirt with me. And then he was like, hey, um, so on Abercrombie, because I worked for Abercrombie, I was an assistant, but this is how this is going to work. They're going to, Bruce will try this thing. And you heard, you'll, you'll hear about on the documentary, but um, I think it's called like good touch, bad touch or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he and I was like, whoa, I actually someone mentioned something like this in the past. So I like a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, what's going on here? And I am like fresh out of Minnesota to like Hunter Fisher boy. Like, yeah, I'm not about this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's like and then he starts to he's like and like this is a good touch. Right. And he put his hand on my shoulders and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then like, you know, he's like and then you t- kind of tell me when it's not a good touch and stuff. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And and I'm in my like football, like wrestler guy thing just starts kind of like my, my steam starts coming on ears, but I'm not like presenting it. Right. And and then uh, he kept going down a little bit. And, and I think he got to like my midsection and I was like, stop, no. And he kept going a little bit too and like put his hand toward my waistband. And I, woohoo, I like blacked out. And I like grabbed him and I threw him across the room into like across the couch, over the couch, like into the wall, into a sliding door. And then like, I don't know what happened to me, but like on the way in, I remember like he had this like beautiful outfit, like coat and like these cool boots. I have no idea. Here's my accent. Did you hear my accent? I love it. It's so good. Am I on the wolf? (laughs) Um, so I, I, I just like threw him across the room and I turned around and I just like grabbed his coat and shoes and walked out the door and hailed a cab and left and like never saw him again. But I, I was like, what the hell just happened? Like I felt so violated and, and, and I can't even imagine what other people go through or people who I, I stood up for myself and I was trained in martial arts and stuff always, but like, I can't imagine people who go through the situation and I'm sure many of you can relate that are hearing this that didn't stand up for themselves or whatever so that's right. it was a very scary moment but that helped me going into the Abercrombie thing too because I knew it was going to happen I knew uh, kind of how it all goes down so when I did get the phone call to come visit Bruce or whatever I just kind of knew how to handle it and you'll see in the documentary about how I handle it but right yeah, I, just, I wanted to give everybody a heads up and and um, yeah but once again you know like uh, you just got to stand up for yourself and I don't know. Yeah, it was a scary moment, but I'm glad I stood up for myself. And it, 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 it kind of set the ground for my future, too. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you stood up for yourself. And how old were you when this happened? I mean, I was probably 18. Like, wow. 18, 19, something like that. Very young, maybe 20. Um, but yeah, very young, very fresh off the boat. Like, yeah. And was this in L.A.? This was in L.A., yeah. Wow. Oh, just starting to build my book, becoming like a, a new model and all that. And I'm so excited. And yeah. next, you know, like the person that's going to help me get to the next level is trying to get my pants. And like, it's yeah. just like, you know, like it's just such an unfortunate thing. It is an unfortunate. I mean, now I feel like we've made so many strides with like all the Me Too stuff and everything away from that to where, mm-hmm. but it's crazy what we put up with for so long. Like the fact that you had to defend yourself and then like, nothing happened to that guy you know like the, he just probably continued to go and do it to someone else oh is, i'm sure yeah. yeah 
very he's unfortunate yeah he's none of that I and mean, it's um it's very unfortunate there's just um, there's a whole line of young kids just come in and just get fed to these people and i think it's just very scary and and uh, unfortunate and once again i can't even imagine what the women go through yeah i mean i don't know what it is about me i maybe i just gave off a very innocent vibe or a very like i'm not i just i i didn't have a lot of people luckily fuck with me that much i mean obviously like dudes hit on me i've had certain guys you know, right when I got into comedy, certain stand-ups, you know, send me DMs and every. But I, I think I maybe just give off a sweet vibe or something that we're. Or, or you like don't a, end up in a room alone with them. Like it might be like I don't know how many situations you would end up with, like maybe alcohol too around where. Right. You, you know, I'm just trying to do my job in a photo right. shoot. Right. Right. Like, they're taking it a different way, and they're using like their sexual being, and like they're two different things here, bro. You know what? I had a little bit of an experience like that. Um, I was at the um, Just for Laughs in Montreal is like a huge, it's like the biggest comedy festival in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I was doing a sh big showcase there called New Faces years ago where basically they're like, these are the new faces in comedy that everyone should uh, watch out watch for out. or whatever. Yeah. So there was this guy who worked for a network. I won't say which one. But he came up to me after the first showcase and was like, oh, do you want to grab, you, do you want to go see a show? Or, or he was like, do you want to grab a bite? Or, or he was like, do you want to grab a bite before we, like before the shows? And this was like at 4.30 p.m. He was like, do you want to go tomorrow to grab a bite before, you know, we'll grab a bite yeah. at like 4.30 and then can go see shows and stuff. Because there are just shows happening all over town all night. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure. And it sounded like. Like 4.30 p.m. sounds like that sounds like a pretty casual grab a bite. I'm like, OK, cool. We show up to this like five star restaurant like it's very date like and we walk in and my manager's there with oh. another client. Thank God. And my oh, manager God. is like, what are you doing here? Because it's like the fanciest restaurant in Montreal. Yeah. And we're all like the little baby comics that are like just getting it, you know, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I go in and this guy sits down and he just starts ordering so many drinks. And I drank a little bit then, yeah. but I was such a lightweight because I didn't really drink through my early 20s. So um, I got pretty drunk right away. But thankfully, my fucking manager was there and totally stepped in as like my dad and was like, she's got to go. We've got to take her like he totally saw what was going on. And yeah. that's why he's still my manager to this day, because he really like took care of me in that way. But then I remember this guy was like following me around. There was this big party that night and he was kind of like trying to find me. And my my manager kept being like, oh, she went over there. He kept misdirecting oh him. <laughs> but then he was like, I remember he texted me. He's like, hey, I'm leaving today. And he was staying at like the Ritz. And he was like, if you want to come use my shower after I oh, leave. I girl. know. <laughs> I was like, oh. how fucking stupid do you think I am? Oh, my I know. I know it was pretty crazy, but luckily I got out of that. I had, I think also because I, because I didn't drink a lot, I didn't get into a lot of those situations, but fuck, like through high school, I was blacked out for most of that. Like it's a miracle. I made it out safely, you know? Yeah. If I ever have a daughter, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so worried. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's really oh crazy. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, But I'm glad again that you're spreading the word that like, stand up for yourself if something doesn't feel right say no and you know nothing's worth kind of compromising that part of yourself 100 percent, you put that very well um 
Actually, one more thing, if you don't mind talking yeah. about. We can um, go so, as long as you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, um, talking about uh, how how crazy, how, what was the word you use? How Abercrombie, like, uh, basically, like, they were the able mind to- The mindfuck? Yeah, the mind fuck. That, yeah. Put that perfect. Um, so they, how far ahead of their time were they? Like, it was crazy. Like, they yeah. were, like, the algorithm of social media almost. Like, they, yes. they, they were, like, they snuck in there. And, like, like they, it was, mainly, it was mainly about, like, almost, like, homoerotic. And, like, now you look back and it was, like, so many naked dudes. But for some reason, we thought that was straight, very straight. And then, like, the women liked it, too. And it was, like, this whole crazy thing. Yes. Behind the scenes, it was all gay dudes making this. And they're just having the time of their life. And they just, like, snuck in our brains. And they got us, like, oh, you had to have the product or you weren't cool. Yeah. It's, like, oh, followers are on social or Instagram now. Like, you needed that yeah. to be part of the status and it was yes. so crazy yes. how they were ahead of their time to get that and they they freaking nailed it and it's yeah. so scary yeah it is scary because they totally did nail it I'm so glad they weren't around for social media for right? sure I mean it would be game over but I did I love I'm like I don't want to give too much about the documentary but meanwhile I'm like giving everything away but I will say you bring up a good point of Abercrombie was seen as like Oh, straight, broy, football players wore it, everything. But behind the scenes, it was, and they say this in the documentary, it was gay men who were who were putting who were, you know, crafting all, all the images and all the promo and all that kind of stuff. And so it is very interesting. I wonder, like, it's it just truly a mind fuck because it was seen as so like, oh, bros were Abercrombie and stuff. But, you know, then the girls were also into it, obviously. Like one of my friends who had seen the documentary, I, w- I told her that you were going to be on the podcast and she goes, my best friend literally had him like on her wall, like ah. cut out, <laughs> like cut out a poster of like the bag or whatever and put yeah. it on the wall. Um, but it is very, very interesting. And what a mind fuck it was. And I forgot one of the checklist uh, items was all the hangers had to look like a question mark as you were looking at them. Like it, it, it was just all subliminal, like crazy. It was nuts. And and they were ahead of their time where we couldn't catch on to it either because it was just about seeing walking in a store. You weren't seeing like the algorithm or you weren't seeing uh, the rise and the fall. You weren't seeing people TikToking about it. You weren't seeing people reporting. You were only seeing I'm going to buy this and who am I going to become and where, what, where, what status am I going to be in my school or group or whatever. And that's the only way you thought about it. Oh, absolutely. I remember, oh, freshman year first day I wore Abercrombie to school and then it just I just got deeper and deeper to the point where I literally did not own another like stitch of clothing other than Abercrombie it was insane um yeah it was so crazy and then fierce Abercrombie fierce will haunt me forever truly (laughs) just being in that different directions they took was hilarious yeah yeah absolutely and I remember one day the like the president or some higher up did come to the store and picked out employees. They picked out a bunch of guys and me and they were like, Oh, we want to take a picture of you at the front of the store for our like employee calendar or or whatever, which I thought was weird. Obviously I was flattered. Um, but I was also like, this is kind of weird that this company. So when they talk about how they didn't really care about sales at the companies, they just wanted people who were hot and looked cool to be working there. 
And I love how aloof all the employees were. Like, I did not help anyone ever. Yeah. Like, I didn't do shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no one would help you there. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And they, it, the fact that they were like, don't help people because you'll look cooler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. So Such funny. an interesting business plan, you know? I wonder how it, I wonder how it would work today. You know what's funny is I have a few friends who are – around our age i i'm 37 i think i, I don't remember yeah, how old you yeah yeah, yeah. so sh they i had a few friends who still wear abercrombie like i think wow they like they have i i went in a few like probably a year or two ago just to peruse because a friend of mine had a cute shirt and it was actually from abercrombie um but i would not do that today after seeing this documentary for sure um but yeah people are still wearing it do you remember the Grove? The fucking was that the one you worked at? That's the one I worked at. Yeah. Stop. That is yeah. so iconic. I know it was traumatizing, but that is like you guys. The Grove at at uh, in Los Angeles. It's this beautiful outdoor mall. You've heard Justin and I talk about it many times. I was there last night. It's gorgeous, but now it's a Nike store. But before that, yeah. it was right Abercrombie. Yep. Yeah. And it in in during the the winter, you know, the guys would be out shirtless with Santa hats on. It was everything. It's, uh, like halfway in, it was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Wow. Well, thank you so much for for joining me for this. This was so fun to catch up. Take the time. So good to see you. Yeah, it's so great to see you. And you know, if you're ever in LA, hit me up or you know. Right, yeah, I'll try to get up there soon. Yeah, and I come to New York for, you know, stand-up and stuff from time to time. So I'll Oh, my you gosh. Up. Please let me know. I want to come see. Yeah, I will. That would be so fun. Awesome. Well, I, I'm so glad I got to have you on. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, everyone, please watch the doc, White Hot. If you were alive in the late 90s, early 2000s, you will definitely love this. And where can people find you and follow you? Um, so it's actually my name. So Bobby Blansky, B-L-A-N-S-K-I, uh, uh, at Instagram. Mm -hmm. And uh, same thing, Facebook too. But yeah, pretty much just do that. Awesome. Well, Bobby, thank you, so thank you so much. And you guys, thank you for tuning in. As always, we will see you next time on Glitter and Garbage. Ciao. Glitter and Garbage.